For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie jeff and jamie happy friday st louis uh I, as a hockey fan right now uh, uh i feel very good although the uh, emotional roller coaster of the last couple of games Good lord, boys! Ain't making it easy on nobody. It's no, called it's entertainment, yeah. right? Well, that's I mean, true, it's making man. Making for great right? hockey, man! Yeah. Holy cow! It's making for great hockey. That's more funner to talk about the next day. Absolutely, that so. is for sure. But there have been a couple of. I'm going to have the remote in my hand just in case if the other team scores right now. Damn it! I'm changing the channel, kind of thing. You know, it's exciting hockey to watch. What I like about it, guys, is it's several different ways the Blues are finding to win. Yeah. Like, in, you go back to the first game, uh, you know, they, they get a big victory. Then the next game, they come back from 2 nothing down. You're like, oh, boy, this is going to be tough here. Then they go into Minnesota. They're down by a goal, then two goals. They bring it back to one goal. Then they score. Minnesota scores right away again, so they're back to a two-goal deficit. You think to yourself, well, this is it, you know, because this team, that, that's I would fold at yeah. that point. They didn't. They come all the way back and win the hockey game. And then last night, you know, they get the the lead, and then they give it away, and then they take it back, Jeff. Mm-hmm. It's that's, all different ways of doing it. That's the roller coaster. It. The whole thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is the whole thing shows me a, uh, not a newfound resilience to this team, because I think that resilience is with the core group. It's always been there. We know from the Stanley Cup run, that core group has resilience. But I think it's showing me that this new group of people that are all together now have this F you, we're not going away mentality. And they did it, and as Donnie just brought up, they did it against one hell of a hockey team, Minnesota. Well, I, I am just, I have just yeah, been. Yeah, a wild team over yeah. there. Well done, boys. Well done. I, but I, I think one of the things about those guys, I didn't hear what you said. Was it I just, said Jesus. That's okay. all I said. I just I thought said, it had something to do no, with the no, Jameson. No, 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 not at all. But, but, but the, the team, I mean, they are big. Uh, they are, they are, they play heavy. But to me, it seems like over the course of the last couple of games, the Blues have been able to play within themselves, whereas the Wild seemingly by trying to do that extra hit or that extra whatever has gotten them into a little bit of trouble. You know, it seems like they have not been able to maybe keep their cool at the times that they needed to. And you're good at answering two questions at once, so let me throw out my... <laughs> not so my, good at this. Yes, I totally blacked out you, yesterday on the fast lane. Because you Stalter always asked me a two-part point. question. By the time he was done, I go, what was the first part again? <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding you. Live on the air. And he was like, are you kidding me? Okay, so I'm yours like, is basically why... by a mule. Leave me alone. <laughs> now we got to go back. Now, what was your question again? No. See? <laughs> My hard, question Jeff. was was just essentially the Wild uh, not playing as much within themselves as the Blues are and maybe committing a penalty here or there that eventually has, will cost them the game. It seems like the Blues are playing a little bit more cool under the, the pressure. And historically, recently, from what I hear on on the NHL Network and on your guys' show, the fast lane is they just have Minnesota's number lately, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Minnesota has, listen, when they wake up in the middle of the night with night terrors, it's because they've seen the blue note. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it's just, it's a team that 
they can't beat. Everybody has those teams where you look at why the hell can we not beat that team? It ju- just seems to work that work out that way. To your point, Donnie, what I'm noticing again, and Jeff, don't get too excited now, okay? Exactly. Thank God you're wearing pants today. Now, that being said, <laughs> is remember two years ago in the playoffs when everybody tried to you know, jump out in that first period and, and play that punch-in-the-mouth hockey to the Blues because they're like, we were not going to be pushed around. Right, yes. And so, okay, great, right? And what happened? By the end of the second period, they were out of juice. This is what I'm seeing with the Minnesota Wild right now. A couple of games in a row, they've kind of tried to come out and be like, well, we're not going to be bullied by the St. Louis Blues. Even though the Blues aren't the same makeup as a team anymore, it's like this mentality. Their coach has obviously got it in them. Like, this team likes to, to grind and hit and do so they're coming out and they're trying to like punch in the face first, and they're running out of gas a little bit. They're running out of gas. You look at some of their bigger bodies running out of gas. I know they had the big comeback at the end. We'll get into that later because there's a player right now that's on my list, and it's not a good list Uh-oh. for the Blues. Okay, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that being said, I feel like the Minnesota Wild are playing a game that they're not a hundred percent comfortable doing. And so the Blues are taking advantage of that. It's almost like, yes, come into my world. That's right. One more step. Thank you. I, I, I tell you, watching the line, I mean, Jeff, actually, I want you to take this one because you actually had a really great point about a number one star for last oh, night. Oh, yeah. I think, who do you think is the number one star for last night? Last night. Because I'll tell you, you're wrong. <laughs> Well, knowing you, uh, let's see here. It's not going to be Clem Costin. I will tell you that. It's going to be Bob Bassett. (laughs) No, the the number one star last night should have been whoever came up with those line combinations. And and admittedly. You're welcome. uh, Oh, was that you? Congratulations. I might as well just say Admittedly, I don't know if this was the first game for, uh, you know, Kairou and uh, uh, Thomas and Hoffman together. That was their second game. Okay, halfway through last game. Chief flipped the switch on that. And I was I talked about it yesterday uh, that he, they must be doing something right. Okay? So let's go back here because we haven't had a podcast in a couple of days here. Uh-huh. The last game that they played, obviously Mike Hoffman, he's dishing right now. Right. He is putting – he's raking. He's putting pucks in the net. He's creating offense. So Chief elevated him from the fourth line to the third line with Thomas and Cairo. I thought to myself – I would have never bet in my life that Craig Berube would play those three guys together. They're exceptionally talented, fast, can play offense. They're a nightmare to deal with. But they could potentially be a nightmare defensively, too. And it's just because they're two young guys and another guy who's not really defensive-minded, you know. But it's worked out because they're controlling the pace of the play when they've got it. Now, you go back to the Cairo goal in the game before. That was a perfectly executed forecheck. And let me describe it to you. Ordinarily, when you're on a normal forecheck, if you're entering the zone, you put the puck into an area where you can get it back. You try to, as much as possible, cut off the back of the net from the defenseman. Why do you do that? Because then you want to condense the play to one half of the ice. So you can stack the deck with five guys on one half of the ice and force that guy back up into You're hurting them. You're hurting them. Well, into traffic, too. So there's more likely to have a turnover. If the defenseman gains the net, it opens up the whole ice surface at that point, and it's much harder to cover. So fast forward to the game the other night in this play. They were already in the zone. I believe it was off a faceoff at the time. And Dumba takes the puck, and he goes to to, uh, get behind the net. Mike Hoffman, ordinarily that's a guy that would chase him behind the net and whatever. He goes as fast as he can diagonally to the far post. 
cutting off that side of the ice. Because if Dumba gets clear of the net, he has the whole weak side of the ice to make a play. So Hoffman cuts it off so fast that Dumba has to reverse the puck now back into what? The strong side, which is what we want. Who's sitting right there? Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas takes the puck, fires out to Cairo, who was the high guy on the play. As soon as there's a turnover, Cairo finds the open lane. Pass. There we go. And Goal. this and this is to my point. A couple of two, three games ago, you don't see Hoffman doing that. Exactly. Right? That's and this hundred percent pairing with these guys is like he's eating mangoes or B twelve shot or something. It's like when you go out, you know, with the youngsters going out drinking, you want to hang <laughs> with them. And it seems like he's got some jump and not just jump, but he's actually carrying the puck in and he's doing the things you expect him to do, or actually the things you didn't expect it. You know, because a lot of it is just tee it up for him, let him yeah. and let him shoot it. And those two guys can do that for him too. I think right now the three of them too beautiful have to watch. this kind of like, hey, we can show them mentality. Because they everybody thinks we're just offensive guys or young guys or you know whatever. Let's show them we can play this game the right way. Right. And they're capitalizing. What Mike Hoffman's realizing, what Jordan Cairo realized earlier in the season, what Robert Thomas realized a couple years ago, the harder you play defense, the more you have the puck on offense. And I think Mike Hoffman's going, hey, when I pressure this guy and I get the puck back, it's kind of fun because we get the puck and yeah. I get to go score goals. Right, yeah. So it's kind of it's it's working. The hamsters are going. Not your hamster, Donnie. No, that's going too. That's a special one. So So, but <laughs> on the Hoffman side of things, so with his play over the course of the last couple of weeks, where he has just really been incredible. Also, too, I love watching that guy shoot. Uh, G.E. Yeah. Money you see, is that a rocket. we described how he shoots yes. last time? Are you seeing that yes, now? Yes, absolutely so. Absolutely so. The, the question is, and I think I know the answer, but when he goes on a run like this, can, can he see the free agent dollars ticking up in his head? What's you know that sound an old school cash register makes? Yeah. Yes, ching. Uh, yes, ching. Yes. Yes. Every time he touches the puck in the background, if you listen, even in the games, you can hear. <laughs> that's what that is. That's okay. what it is. I was yeah. starting to walk towards the light, so that's not what no, I'm Jeff, supposed to be doing. You no. shouldn't joke about that right now. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. But but seriously, for but, but 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 does that really help him? I mean that 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 is just increasing how that deal's going to look, well, how many years, who's going to want him, all that sort of thing. Craig Berube's mission this year was to transform Mike Hoffman into an all-around player. I don't think he's going to get there right. as like fully completing the mission, but Mike Hoffman is going to leave St. Louis a better player. So what does that mean? He, you look at the stats right now, like this guy's he, he's an elite goal scorer. No matter how you slice it, mm-hmm. this guy's going to put the puck in the net. But now I'm watching a guy, when it matters, play better defense, put the pucks out, get the pucks in, not making high-risk plays. All of a sudden, if I'm a, a GM for, heck, the Seattle Kraken or a team that needs that goal-scoring depth, like the New York Islanders, they don't have a a guy that's you know just a sniper. I'm starting to, to ring up his agent and go, hey, you know what? What's he looking for? And Mike Hoffman, every time he makes a great play, Ching, right. Yeah. Ching. So the agent's saying, "I'll I'll get back to you. I want to yeah. see how many." Oh yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're like, oh, hang on, we'll we'll hold over here. Wow. I, I want to ask specifically, and I did not, and I meant to look to see the minutes last night for Jaden Schwartz, but I did not have the opportunity. But the night before, I want to say Wednesday night, I thought that I had read that he played the least amount of minutes that he I had that all year, like thirteen minutes or yeah. something like yeah. that. And then I know last night in the third. He had a giveaway that didn't lead to a goal, but where is Jaden Schwartz in this whole thing? And talk about that 13-minute 
Uh, is that just kind of how it worked or what? Is that your guy that you were going to? Nope. No, really? No, I would never do that to Schwartzy. Well, th- that's would have I would been be a, surprised. It would yeah, have never. been a surprise to yeah, me, no. but given everything that he s- said. And, and that's I, why I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. No, first of all, let's let's set the record straight. I would never do that to Schwartzy. Okay. Someone who cares as much as he does about the Blue Note and about representing this city. Okay. Like, he's a guy that Bobby Plager put his arm around and, like, this is a good dude. Right. Jaden Schwartz, even if he gave up three breakaways for goals— I'm never going to do that to him. Okay. Okay. Because good. Because if you would have said yes, I was going to throw hands with him. So that's <laughs> well, good. clearly I didn't want that. <laughs> right. Um, no. Uh, look, Schwartzy. It, it's a coach recognizing ebbs and flows of a guy's game and where he's at in the season. And Schwartzy's had two goals not too long ago, but apart from that, he's been snake bitten. He's had some turnovers. He's had some times where it's like he looks a little bit like a salmon swimming upstream on this one. But the best thing is Schwartz, he always works through it, right? And so I didn't look at the minutes last night yet either, Donnie. I usually do. Um, so I'll go put myself in timeout for that, okay? Uh, don't think Not that's right now. Necessary. After, after the podcast. Yeah, okay? yeah please. Yeah, yeah. We okay. need you. Yeah. I'll wait a few minutes. Then. All right. Um, but no, look, Schwartz, he's going to be a massive part of what you're doing from here on out. He always is. He's going to be a guy that you rely upon. He's going to be a guy that as the season ends here and they're looking to um, um, clinch that playoff spot, you're going to rely on him. He's going to be there. I'm not worried about Schwartzy. That game's going to come around just fine. Okay, then can I ask another question that probably there's nothing to it, but I'm just curious. So uh, in San Jose, when Jordan Bennington uh, had his little thing, which was awesome, he did not play the next day. Well, Wednesday, uh, you know, there was some more stuff after the whistle with Talbot and, and Bennington. He didn't play last night. Yep. Now, obviously, last night was the back-to-back, like Jeff said, which you know seems like a perfect opportunity to ho- for Huso. But I just wanted to ask you, dude, is is that just by chance, or is there something more to that? No. Okay, first of all, I'm glad you brought this up, because let's go back here, because there's a lot of people, not a lot of people, a few who don't know anything about hockey, that mm-hmm. criticize uh, Jordan Bennington when he does certain things, right? And I, th- I sit here, and I'm like, you know what? Let's set the record straight. Jordan Bennington has done this like three times. The first time was in the second round against the Dallas Stars in game six that the Blues needed to win. And at the end of the second period, Jordan Bennington skated back towards the locker room and chopped Ben Bishop in the back of the leg. Mm-hmm. And Ben Bishop was like, what the hell is going on here? It was just a, a skate by whack, just a one chop and kept going almost like, okay, they come back and win. That whole series, we know how that ended. Obviously, we're still drunk uh, over <laughs> right. it. Now, the, the next time is in San Jose, and he skates all over the place. He punches everybody in the building in the face, or at least he tries to. Right. The Blues come back and win the game. The other night, it's a bit of a second period. Jordan Bennington has a couple of huge saves at the end of that second period. Uh, Sammy Blay and those guys get a scuffle going at the other end. Jordan Bennington says, well, you know what? I'm going to go down and say hello to Mr. Talbot. Goes over, circles him like a vulture almost, and then you know, kind of backs up almost like, I'm ready to throw the mitts if you are. Probably telling him, hey, you think you got a beating last time against Mike Smith over there in Edmonton. <laughs> I saw that video. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and, and you know, it, it sparks something. And then third period, you couldn't get a grease BB past Jordan Bennington, and the rest of the team responded. So the fact that he didn't play the next game against San Jose – Maybe Chief is like, eh, there could be some unnecessary fireworks. Plus, it was Huso's turn in the rotation. 
Last night, and I said this two days ago, I would have went with Bennington all three games. Yeah, yeah you so, said that when yeah. we when we talked on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Ville Husso, when I look at his numbers, they're really good lately. They're really good. now, And you have to factor in a couple things. As I put my coach hat on, I go, we're three points ahead of the Coyotes. We have three games in hand. This was before last night's game. If there ever was an opportunity to get this guy a game right now, it's in the back-to-back. So I'm going to do that. If we lose, well, we lose one of the games in hand, but we're still three points up on the Coyotes. But on the other hand, if we get a win with our backup goalie, that's massive. Yeah, yeah. So Craig Bruby goes with the backup goalie. It had nothing to do with Jordan Bennington okay. and his antics, I guarantee you. You'll see Jordan Bennington next game in there against the Wild. Yeah. There's no way. And I want to keep that subject going, but I don't know if you guys saw the same Twitter feed as I did. <clears throat> Somebody in the hockey world put out the GIF gif of it, you know, and then people started talking, and you could tell who was voting for which team. But the other side, the Minnesota side, was just they were so fired up. They kept saying, oh, he would kick your ass, and you're too much of a this to drop the gloves. In the St. Louis, I was like, "That's exactly what he's doing to you guys. That 100%. was you are just feeding into exactly what he's doing. Mission here. accomplished. Yeah, and and it has worked. <laughs> yeah. It clearly worked. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, what do you? Because somebody brought this up in that in that Twitter feed was, what do you make of the Shen thing where he was uh, the Shen thing where he was like he kind of slammed a stick on the ice like, come on, Jordan, like that. That's oh, fine. I thought it was great. Great Shen fantastic. at that point is frustrated with their their period and where they're at. And at the same time, he's probably like, I don't want to lose my goalie here. Right. And look, it, it's just like when your brother gets, let's just say hypothetically, okay, you have a brother that's four years older than you. And when that brother drinks Crown Royal, that brother thinks that, you know, a rabbit can fight a bear. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical course, okay? was what his name And is. that brother would be, four, like I said, four years older yeah, than just, you. Yeah. And uh, that brother maybe had given you a fake ID to get into the bar with said brother. Right, yeah. And then that brother gets in a fight with um, a bouncer, right? Mm-hmm. So at the same time, the the hypothetical younger brother jumps in and helps and serves justice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm, oh, sorry, not me. Hypothetically. <laughs> that, that younger brother is mad at the older brother for the situation. Right. But had that older brother's back no matter what. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Braden Shen, all that's hypothetical, by the way. Now, <laughs> of course. Um, so in that situation, Braden Shen has Bennington's back no matter what. Could be frustrated. It's just guys like, oh, come on, Benner. Like, I don't want to lose you now. You know, we're still in this game. And whatever it is, it, it you do things like that to elicit a response. Right. Whatever that response is. Sometimes it's not always the greatest response. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, you're getting something out of it. Jamie, I'm dying to know the player on your crap list. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Let's see I'm, if you guys can guess it, okay? Well, somebody like a Zach Sanford's too, that's low-hanging fruit. So I don't think it's him. That's too easy of a choice. Donnie, are you still there? Yeah, man, I'm, try, I'm just I'm trying to think. <sighs> Let's see, defense or offense? Well, I can't do that, Jeff. Why? If I say defense, it narrows it down to like six guys. Right. Yeah, no. No. I don't know. So it's defense. I think it's defense. I do, too. So it's your turn to guess. Not Pareko. Not Scandella. Okay, we are taking That's entirely scandy. too much time. <laughs> well, dude, you asked us. We're trying to figure it out. Like, usually you have somebody right away. Like, yeah, it's the low-hanging fruit. It's Zach Sanford. Oh, it is. Okay. 100%. Oh, and scratch the reason that question off my list. <laughs> yeah, no, the reason is he sat out two games, and you'd think a guy coming back from that would be 
a lot more alert and aware of what they're doing. Um, the, the first game against Minnesota, he has a turnover in the third period right inside the blue line that oh, was a breakaway you know, from the blue line in, and Bennington has to make an incredible save. And last night, I don't know why he was on the ice in the last minute of play, but it's an absolute rule that when you're playing center or down low as a forward, you patrol the slot area. You make sure you're a stick length away from whoever is there. And it just happened to be the most dangerous guy on the other team, Kaprizov. The defenseman feeds it through, and Zach Sanford is 25 feet away. And if you watch, he's looking behind him. Buddy, you have nobody. There's not even anybody in the area code, and your guy has the puck who's the most dangerous player on the other team, and he just scored. He should have been on the backside pressure is what we call that, is Kaprizov obviously has his back to the weak side because he's facing the puck. Your job as a centerman or a forward in that position is to squeeze down, shrink down on that guy backside pressure so that he doesn't even know you're there. And then once the puck comes, poke, or you're right there beside him with the stick, he can't get that shot away. What the heck is he doing 25 feet away? He was standing in front of the defenseman who had the guy back door. I'm just like, I I am absolutely um, just puzzled. It, it to, seemed to me like he took the wrong choice of, or the easier choice as far as coverage or gap coverage. I don't think he knew the choice, Jeff. That's the problem. I just, so, like I said last show, I just want to shake him and go, remember what you used to do, man. I would much rather have a guy like Mackenzie McEachern in the lineup right now. Or a Clem Coston or something. Well, Clem Co- okay, okay, first that, of all, he's on his but, way. I yeah, know, I know. That, he that was good. Did you? He Yo, he's, he's on his way here? He's on his way here. <laughs> Where, get the door, get the door. You Not guys, here, you You look horrible, you guys. I messed up my transition. You guys messed up my transition because I was going to say Zach Sanford is the placeholder until Clem Costin is here. Well, again, uh, we talked to Tim Taylor yesterday, okay. uh, director of player development for the Blues, and yeah, they're, they're, Clem Costin by this weekend is going to be here. Is going to be making his way here. Okay. I believe the flight will leave Saturday or Sunday. What are they waiting on? And well, they have a visa issue. Uh, um, he's got to get. He's got to come in. He's got to do the visa issue. But I thought the visa thing was squared away. In the yeah. athletic article, he said it was squared away. It is now, but he still has to come and do the meeting and, and do all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and then he's got to quarantine for yeah. at least seven days. And what's the deal with that? In, in the same article that I, that I read on the athletic, it, it, it's different for each player? No, it's... It, because see, for Jeff, one guy, they said they said there's a window of like 10 to four, 17 days or yeah. something. How do they decide that? Okay, first of all, if you figure out... What people are doing with COVID, you let me know, right? Okay, okay. because everywhere I look, enough, yeah. it's something different. Right. You look at the Texas Rangers game; there's fifty thousand people in the crowd. Right. You look at a game in California; they don't have anybody in the crowd. Right. You look at some people, and they're all together hanging out without masks on, and then the next minute, there's one guy with the mask on, and he's six feet away in the report. I'm like, dude, like. I don't think anybody truly knows what the hell to do anymore. Right. So when it comes to a situation like this, Clem Costin's been tested over in Russia. Now, you know, it's another country. So you're probably going to be like, okay, let's slow the horses down. You get him over here, have him test right away. And I think if he has three or four negative tests consecutively in consecutive days, it'll probably equal to about seven days total. Then they're going to be all right. And then I guarantee you whoever uh, picks him up, they're going to get him vaccinated. Right. If he hasn't, he may have been vaccinated already over there. Yeah. You never know, right? They have um, the Sputnik vaccine over there, too. I know. Yeah, which is one where maybe they want to double down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, for, for, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Tim Taylor said he's coming here and they're going to integrate him into the group as 
as best they can, but that he projects him to be like a like a Nikushkin that's in Colorado right now, a big, strong left winger that can put you through the boards and get you, you know, fifteen to twenty goals a year. If that's the case, I'll All take right. it. Yeah. So when he, you know, is available to to slot into the lineup, where where do you see that? Where do you see that happen? I'd see it on the fourth line to begin with, okay. just because he's going to have to get used to North American hockey again, yeah. even though he was playing on one of the top lines over in Russia and on the power play, and he's a KHL champion right now. It Absolutely. means a lot. It, it means a lot. That's a heck of a league. They play hard in that league. They're well-coached. Uh, he was coached by Bob Hartley over which I, there. Which I found that to be amazing, yeah, too. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Which was kind of funny, because Bob Hartley's that guy that I punched in the face in the hallway way back when I played junior hockey. <laughs> so Bob yeah. loves me. He's a friend See of the how? show. Yeah, oh, friend no. of the show. Oh, it went for a full yeah. circle there. Full circle. Yeah. great. I'm happy for Bob. But he's not stuttering <laughs> anyway. Um, no, um, he has taste again. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's chew. Vision back. <laughs> no, um... But, yeah, Clem Costin, coached by an NHL-type guy, that's going to help him. I see him coming in on the fourth line, which isn't really a fourth line when you play for the Blues. It's usually like a third line, a 3B line. And so we'll see where that takes him. We'll see where Mike Hoffman ends up ultimately, how his progression continues. We'll see Jaden Schwartz. I think he plays fourth line, and you spot him in from time to time on different units. And I could see him getting some power play time, that big body in front. So we're, since we're talking about line combinations, I want to go back to the first star of last night's game was the guy who put the, these lines together and 99 and 50, uh, 57 together. I don't know how long they've been dating, but that was a hell of a hell of a show last they've night. They've been off and on for a while. Have yep. they? Yeah, it's been hot and heavy in pockets. <laughs> All right. Um, it's true, though. Since the beginning of last season, Sammy Blay was like one of the top scorers on the team. Playing with those two, then he got injured, then he kind of was bounced around throughout the lineup. Every time he finds his way back to uh, O'Reilly and Perron, it seems to work. Yeah. And it worked again last night. So he Sammy Blay's a really talented player. He's adopted or adapted to the NHL. He may be adopted. I can look it up. <laughs> I don't think he is, but right. either way, it hey. doesn't make a difference to yeah. me. But he's adapted to the NHL. In order to stay here, he's added the physicality to his game. But by by nature, he's a offensive kind of score type player. So yeah, I can fits it, in well there. He really does. Okay, so then you know, we saw these, you know, the top 2 last night were phenomenal. So what happens when Tarasenko comes back? Where is he going to go? Or who's going to get kicked down? So Yeah, that- I think I think you automatically have to drop Blay again down the lineup because he was still playing very good in the third line role that he had before. He had some fourth line minutes as well. Look, you're blessed with a lot of depth, and when Vladdy comes back, you're going to have to give him his spot back at the table. Yeah. He was playing pretty well for the last handful of games, and he's a guy that can be a difference maker. So you give him his spot back at the table, you see how that works, and if it works, then you just adjust throughout. But Craig Berube, the one thing he hasn't been afraid to do the last four or five games is whoever's going is playing. And that's the one thing I've noticed, and that's how we ended up with Hoffman, Thomas, and Cairo was those guys were going. He said, screw it. I'm going to put them together. And he did, and they're still going. Well, somebody's name we haven't even said in that mix is Clifford then. Yeah, he's not in the mix. He's not in the mix? Because I thought he played okay last night. Did I Did I miss some stuff? Well, he played okay. Um, look, it, I, and this is another guy that could have been on your, your S list, too, a little bit. Well, which he's I know, been on your S list before. And I know that makes you feel bad to say that. I get that, but... Is he doing what he was brought here to do? No. not In my opinion, he's not, okay? 
Uh, you got Robert Bortuzzo throwing down twice oh, last night. And now Clifford, that guy. Clifford was making his way over to Felino to try and get to him, but it should be automatic. You know, there's too many times this year where I've watched said player on a four check, and instead of burying a guy, he's tight turning, doing the flyby. Why and are you even here then? I just. I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to say it that way, but like no, you're not playing it, he's your role. An, he's a Stanley Cup champion, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, I don't feel bad in saying that he should know better. He should know. And when he gets back in the lineup from time to time, you see spurts of it because he's angry and he's mad that he got pulled out. But that's what you need game in and game out. Kyle Clifford, guys, could be a difference maker. I told you guys before, his shot, his release, everything, he's got a goal scorer shot. Now, you don't rely on him for goals, but when you put him with a couple of good guys on a fourth line, he has the ability to put some pucks in the net. His biggest thing is I think he gets confused or I think he forgets his ultimate role, which is no longer the fighter. Like, I get it. When it's there, take it. But his his ultimate role is to be the guy that you know runs around and finishes checks and makes guys nervous to play against him. I just don't see that right now. I and just he, don't see it. But he signed a two-year deal, though, right? He did. Well, so, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say. There's I mean, also there's... an expansion draft coming up. Oh, that's true, too. And and you know what? And speaking about uh, the possibility of people coming and going, uh, was it Lou Korak I, that I mentioned that I yes. saw on Twitter? He says all of a sudden, hey, maybe you bring a, a Bozak back because he's playing so well. Thoughts on that? Because well, he was one of those guys that I kind of thought everybody thought he had to skate out the door anyway, right, at the end of the season? Well, at $5 million, he does. Right. You know, but um, if Bozy's willing to take a little less, take a little haircut here, uh, I would sign him to another two or three year deal. Yeah, same. To be honest, I mean, I'd have to look at the age for sure. A two year deal. If he'd be willing to take like three, I'd be like, you're in, man. Another two years. He's he's such a valuable player. We're watching it now on the penalty kill, shorthanded goal last night. Um, he's one of the guys. He's a leader in your in your locker room. He's got so much experience. He's great on face-offs. He plays all over your lineup. First, second, third line, right wing. Who cares? I'm a big fan of Tyler Bozak, but I think at $5 million, probably have to let him walk. If he's willing to take a haircut, then I think we can find a home for him here. This is such an amazing time to be a Blues fan. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I know that I've said this before, but like some of these decisions that will be made in the offseason, like it's all so exciting to me. And 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 the, the thing about this team too is I just don't think you can ever count them out no. against anybody. No. Really. It, they just seem to to have that little fight in them just when I think it's done. They I, it's a little frustrating from time to time because you're wondering why can't this be 60 minutes every single game because you would roll people. Right. But I mean, they when they get it together, God dang it, they are so much fun to watch. But then last night, Benjamin and I watched a little bit of that Vegas game oh, and, and watched them. Oh man, I know, right? That's like uh, a little faster speed, all that stuff. It it is, and I'll tell you, and I know I've said this before, but you know, in watching. Alex Petrangelo at play, I just did not value that man. Yeah. Even in my highest of love for him, I did not value him as much as I should have. And seeing the Blues this year, it just enforces that. So I got a fun game to play with you guys, okay? Um, not that kind, Jeff. Relax. Yeah. Now, uh, Justin Falk the other night played 29 minutes and 19 seconds, I believe. Either way, it was over 29 minutes. In the last decade, there's only been two players apart from Justin Falk, 
to play over 29 minutes. Couple things. One, name those two players. Chris Pronger? No, in the last decade. Oh, okay. All right. In the last decade. So, no, obviously, one, decade. <laughs> I would say, obviously, one's Petrangelo. Okay. Or else we wouldn't be talking about this. That's a good point, Jeff. You, look at you, Thanks. Go. And Bo Meester. And neither one of them are here anymore. Boom. Okay. You're right. Okay. Those two are the guys. Dude, did Jeff you tell doing, him that? No, I did not. Trust me, I would rather not tell him. Um, <laughs> Jokes are easier. Okay, but now part two of the game. Oh, you're up, Donnie. Part two of the game. How many times did they do it? How many times did Bo Meester play 29 minutes plus, and how many times did Petrangelo play 29 minutes plus? It's going to be a lot. Let's do Bo Meester first. All right. How many times do you think he played 20, 29 minutes plus? Six. Five. Okay, two is the answer. Okay. Okay, so now. Oh, boy. How many times do you think Alex Petrangelo played 29-plus minutes? Ten. I'm going back up to six. Six? Ten. Thirty-three times. Jesus. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thirty-effing three. Well, then. We need somebody to fill that void, don't we? That's incredible. Wow. If we're celebrating guys who play over 29 minutes... That's probably celebrated guy who did it thirty three times. Wow, dude, I am sp- that is unbelievable. <laughs> and what's he doing minutes wise there? About twenty five a game right well, now. Okay, all right, so he's lighting the load. I, I was listening. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's getting lazy. Yeah. Well, they've got a pretty good core over there. Yeah, kidding, really, man. no doubt. I yeah. was I was listening to Max Pacioretty last night talk about him. Uh, talk about Alex and. It was crazy because they asked him the question, and he just got this kind of dreamy look on this on his face, talking about just the things in which that he does that seem so simple, but are not in getting the puck out of the zone, yeah, and being a reliable person to get the puck out of the zone. It all of this has just continued to reinforce that in the off season, to me, we need a big body, steady Eddie, stay at home guy back there, and whatever form or fashion it takes, we are missing that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that I think that Army would probably agree with that as well. Um, it was nice to get the big fifty-five back. It sure last was. night. Yeah, he yeah. takes away a lot of time and space for the opposition. He is good with the puck. He does get it out more frequently than you know when we don't have him in the lineup. So, uh, look, Vince Dunn was playing fantastic. In fact, Vince Dunn I think can be credited with getting Hoffman going. You know that second power play unit. Vince Dunn found uh, a key to unlock Mike Hoffman. It was. Simple as putting it where he wants the puck. Right. And now Mike Hoffman is thriving on the first power play. So I think Vince Dunn's going to be a big part of this, too. What I look at here, guys, is the Blues two years ago or three years ago. I don't know what the hell it is. Their Stanley Cup year, okay? They peaked at the end, mid to the end. And the season after, last hockey season, they peaked all season and faded in the bubble. For whatever reason, it is what it is. This season has been a very bumpy road, and I'm not going to say they're peaking right now, but they've won four in a row, and they look like a different team. Mm -hmm. They're finding ways to win rather than finding ways to lose, and they're getting some guys back. Hopefully Tarasenko gets back. Hopefully Pareko stays in the lineup. We get Vince Dunn back. That lineup's going to look a little different moving forward. I can guarantee you that whoever they end up with in the playoffs – they're not going to be – the other team is not going to be excited to have the St. Louis Blues. I'm telling you right now, if it's Vegas, they're not going to be excited. The Avalanche certainly aren't going to be yeah. excited. Yeah. I, would, I guarantee those two teams would much rather line up to play the Wild than they would the St. Louis Blues. 
A uh, question about lineup and lineup changes and your your um, experience with it back in your NHL days. We talked about how the the, the forwards, the, the top three here, you know, they're changing partners and stuff. Is it easier or more difficult for a defender if you change partners a lot because there's only two of you? Um, yes and no. I mean, you get used to certain guys' tendencies, right? Like, uh, certainly playing with Al McInnes when I played, that was a treat. But still, nonetheless, you get used to the tendencies. And so when I would, you know, line a guy up and hit him with a hip check, Al was right behind me to pick up the loose change because he knew the puck was just going to be laying there. And so you watch the video. He'd already be in motion cutting across the ice because he knew the guy wasn't going to get behind me and the puck would become available and we'd be in transition to head the other way. And the same thing for on Al's side. I knew that right at the blue line, he was going to force a guy. He was going to challenge a guy. And that player had two options. One, try to beat him, and there'd be a loose puck somewhere in the feet, or chip it by Al, and there'd be a loose puck there. So same thing. I would get in motion, head over there, and then I'd have a step, and we'd be out of the zone in a hurry. To me, it would seem like, in generally speaking, just from a fan standpoint, and not all those X's and O's, it would be harder, it'd be more difficult on you guys as defensemen because it's more important to keep the puck out of the net as opposed to putting it in the net. You know what I mean? Like, if you screw up, I'd rather you screw up in the offensive zone because you're not scoring a goal. Well, yeah. Causing a goal. It's the farthest place from your net is the offensive zone, right? right? Um, As deep partners, you do get used to certain things where certain guys will will be a little more panicky with the puck. Panicky, maybe that's a bad word. A quicker to throw it off the glass. There's other guys that will be a lot more relaxed and look to reverse puck side behind the net to their partner. You get used to those tendencies. So if I'm playing with a guy like Justin Falk, who likes to hang on to that puck and doesn't like to necessarily throw it away, when he gets possession, I'm going to make sure I'm an option. Even if I'm standing in front of my own net, if there's nobody on me, I'm going to call for it. Right. And he's going to hit me and we're going to get out of the zone. Or I'm going to jump down behind the net and tell him, you know, over here or D to D, whatever it is, I'm used to what he's doing. You recognize what players do. And if you have somebody who doesn't quite have that skill set, then you change the way you approach that shift. So, yeah, for D-men, it's probably simpler because of math. There's one less person. Um, but it's certainly difficult because if you make a mistake, responsibility. it could be, it yeah. could be a big one. Yeah, and Falk is, and I know that's who we're talking about, but that's that guy that I'm now so secure when he has the puck in his own zone. And not too long ago, I was not. Well, you're not alone. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and while we're talking defensemen real quickly here, Bortuzzo, I just – well, I love when that guy's in the lineup because if anybody needs anything, he's right there for him. That's well, why that's I, about that's time, too, by it. the way. Okay, it's about time because Bortz, I love Bortz, but there's times where he looks the other way and you're like, well, dude, why are you looking the other way? Like, you know you're the guy on the ice. You know you should be addressing this. Handful of games in the press box, I guess, will change your yeah, attitude Yeah, and on that, now right? he's, you know, he's being challenged and he's getting involved and that's when, that's when Bortz plays his best hockey is when he's blocking shots, making hits, getting involved. Maybe there's a fight. Maybe there isn't, but he involved. Right. You know? I find where Bortz is his own worst enemy is where he gets confused with his role, and he believes that he's a uh, puck-moving offensive-type t- defenseman. And he, but he does do it, Donnie. He does. Yeah. And he, he does a good job. Nothing says he can't participate, but when the other stuff happens, he has to be there to respond. And I think, again, this is just knowing your role and maybe Craig Berube sitting him out for a while, reset that. And then also a young man by the name of Nico Mikola, he's come in and he's got enough, just enough sandpaper in him to where you look over and you're like, okay, that guy's 6'7", he's got some <laughs> sandpaper. Um, hmm, he can play the right side too. 
I may want to pick up my game because I don't want to be in the press box while they say, hey, the kid's playing with more fire than you. Right. And Bortz played with a ton of fire last night, so good for him. I just love that we are at the point in the year where if there are other sporting events on, and, you know, because sometimes if it's a Blues game, a Cardinals game, you're like, I'm going to flip through this. But now, at this point in the hockey season, the hockey game, is number one. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. then, if you remember those other games are going on while the hockey game is happening, I mean, like, I can't wait until tomorrow night already. You yeah, know what I mean? It's here. noon on Friday. Like, I I can't wait. And it's because they're playing with that 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 passion and that fire, man, that makes me love them so goddamn much. Yeah, this is a great time, like you said, to be a Blues fan, but also be a Cardinals fan, too. And the other day, I think it was a 6 o'clock game. And there was a Cardinal game and a uh, Blues game on. And my little brother, who's the coach over at SIUE, the, the women's soccer coach there, they had their first round in the NCAA tournament. So I had him on the computer. My family hated me. And I had, th- I had three sporting <laughs> events going to do on. With the oh, no, no, yeah. this was a different story. I said, period. <laughs> and my family hates me. <laughs> oh, okay. I missed that punctuation yeah, you missed there. That I, 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 last night, I was, I, Mary said I was out of control because I had the Blues game on on the big TV, and then I had my Bluetooth speaker and my phone with the NFL draft. And so she was like, how can you be watching these at the same time? And I was like, well, I'm watching the game, listening to the game, and then every time there's a pick, I'm watching yeah. and I'm and I'm seeing. I was like, it's not really that hard. And then she was like, I don't understand how you could watch sports so much. And I was like, I don't understand how anybody cannot like sports this much. You know what I mean? I love this time of the year. Yeah, but you know what? He's bringing it back around. Wasn't you're going to have yourself a good weekend. Oh, heck yeah, man. Yeah. So, and I talked about this on the Riz Show this morning. We got to, so, you, and, and listen, and I ask for respect out of both of you idiots after I say this again. <laughs> now that you've set the table, it's going to be really hard. So, yeah, yeah, that's God. what she said. So, uh, hey, so right. for the first the time you, huh? since last February, since February of 2020, my kids are spending tonight and most of the day tomorrow at my parents' house. Uh-huh. Dudes, I okay, I'm excited for that, for sure. But Mary and Are I, you guaranteed that though? Uh I mean, pretty much. There's a contract. I mean, but I mean like we're gonna <laughs> dudes, we're gonna go to dinner tonight. Why? Where are you That's going? We're gonna, Where are you going? I'm not, <laughs> Where are you going? Let's go to a local you place. Here. Well, you know what? I'm not quite sure. We're going to go somewhere and get some good Mexican. I left it Ooh. in in Mary's, uh, you know, like ballpark, whatever she okay. wants to do, because we have a place in Oakville that we go pretty often. But since we don't have the kiddos and can kind of be on our own, Maybe I was have like, a cocktail or two. Well, she's going to have a couple for sure. There I'm not really, uh, I, I don't do too much drinking. The more she drinks, the better you look, Donnie. Yeah, I yeah. That's what I'm, brother, that's like what I'm counting just on, just texted man. me she's already drinking. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> she I mean, started yesterday. Just, just, just to handle me alone, that, right. that'll do it. Yeah. But it's just, man, it's just like the idea tonight of like, just having it on our own, you know, like just being able to do what we want to do. And, and I love my kiddos so much, but I mean, we've literally been with them Every single day, like virtually every minute that we've been yeah. home during the whole pandemic and things, and my parents are a little bit older, so we never wanted to to risk that, you know. 
So it's like it almost seems like a dream. I'm trying to, <laughs> you know I'm trying I mean? to figure out but, if Mary is the type of person who's going to be like, hold on a second, I got to check in on the kids. Or is she going to be like, they're gone, screw them? No, we'll we'll send a we, we will send a send text. a flare. Well, we'll send a text in the evening and just say, hey, how you guys doing? Say, hey, you we're know? almost done. Everything okay? <laughs> no, dude, I can't. What are you going to? I'm going to say that to my mom, <laughs> to my parents, to the kids. Stop it. She'll be like, that was way too long. <laughs> so going again, are you, dude? I am just, I am just. So, and you did you you didn't you you truly didn't know the term Netflix and chill. I didn't know exactly what that meant. I didn't know that it meant that you were getting laid necessarily. Whoa, what I, I thought that that just meant that like uh, uh, you know that you were legitimately having a date where you watch Netflix and cuddled and things. Well, I that's didn't how it necessarily started. think yeah. that it meant. Cuddling turns into this, Donnie. Right. No, yeah. I understand the truth. That's tr- very good, I, I understand. Jeff. <laughs> or depending on the time of the year. Okay. I didn't yes. know Jeff okay. knew sign language. First of all, please stop doing that because I don't want to look it's at you while you're weird. Yet not and now that we have started this particular line, I just can't wait for this to be over. That's, well, that's, well, that's up to you, meant. brother. You're the one who's got the key to lock <laughs> the door. Let's go. That's exactly what Mary said, too. <laughs> can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> you guys are the best. Don't FaceTime him. Don't FaceTime him while you're still laying in bed. Yeah, like the last time, I didn't need to see you without a shirt on. Oh no, you got to see him without his shirt on. I did. It is the last minute blues podcast. Tattoo, Jeff, Jamie, Donnie. We will be back next week. Blues and Wild tomorrow night. (laughs) As always, listen. Share us with your hockey loving friends. You can download the podcast at any podcast network wherever you get your podcasts. It is the last minute blues podcast. The uh, podcast specifically done by Donnie Fandango (laughs) with with a little help from Jamie Rivers and Jeff Burton. Thanks as always for listening. Let's go blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.